The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. I know that a lot of you are like, Kristen, you seem kind of obsessed with the Iron Giant, and I would be like, yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. Uh, The thing is, I've talked about this before, um, how Iron Giant was to me like the first sort of understanding that whatever your circumstances are in life, you can still choose how you're going, you're going to respond. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that today. And these concepts that we're going to talk about, I would say that they're, um, they're kind of in advanced writing territory, but that doesn't mean you should be scared of them. And actually, like, even though they're advanced and they're things you kind of think about after you've finally figured out plot, character, setting, and uh, all that fun stuff, um, that doesn't mean that you can't start thinking about the ideas of um, theme right now. So today we're going to talk about theme. Another thing that I would say is advanced is the idea of mood, and that has to do with your writing voice. Uh, And that's also an advanced idea is, like, what is the voice of your writing and each individual author has a specific voice that they fall into. And the only way you can figure that out is to write a bunch. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the idea of theme and how you can marry theme to uh, one or more characters inside of your story. And I thought, all right, we're going to talk about some Iron Giant today. And Iron Giant uh, is a film it's an animated feature that came out in 1999. It was directed by, by uh, Brad Bird, who, if you know anything about uh, Pixar, Brad Bird has also go on, gone on to uh, direct The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2, which are also really great stories. Um, so he's, he's what I would call a master storyteller. And uh, this is just like a little bit of f- trivia for fun, but... So the the main character in this story is not actually the Iron Giant. It's Hogarth, who's the protagonist. But the Iron Giant is uh, part of the story. He's the second biggest part of the story, I would say. You know, it's called the Iron Giant. It's about him. But a lot of this is experienced through Hogarth. And what's really at risk? Like, who is going to be in trouble? Hogarth. That's who we care about. And that's who the Iron Giant cares about. So uh, this is set in a fictional town called Rockwell, Maine. Is it fictional? No, it's not a fictional town, sorry, (laughs) Uh, of Rockwell, Maine. I actually have a travel sticker that says Rockwell, Maine, Giant Territory, and I have a picture of the Iron Giant in a bunch of mountains and trees because that's how I roll. It's uh, It's on my coffee table in my living room, which the coffee table is an old suitcase so that my husband made. So that's just a little 
Okay, the trivia I was actually going to tell you was not about the suitcase in my living room. That's a table. It was that if you like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is one of my... Ugh, I love it. I'll do a whole series on Guardians of the Galaxy later. I made Maria watch them all this summer uh, because I just needed her to know what I was talking about. But if you um, like Vin Diesel as Groot, the whole reason why uh, James Gunn cast Vin Diesel as Groot is because Vin Diesel is also the voice of the Iron Giant. And uh, James Gunn said that he heard that he heard Vin Diesel's rendition as the character of Iron Giant, and that's what made him want to get him to be the voice of Groot. So that's some fun uh, cross trivia for you there. But so uh, we have these um, different characters. We have the Iron Giant. We have Hogarth. Uh, and that's we have Dean McCoppin, who is voiced by Harry Connick Jr. He's so great. And then um, we have Annie Hughes, which is Hogarth's mother, and she's voiced by Jennifer Aniston. Anyways, listen, before you, before you get too far into this episode, please go watch The Iron Giant. I may or may not have three different DVD versions <laughs> of it. Uh, and if, you're, if you can choose, I would watch the director's cut because there are extra scenes in that one that explain things better than the original, which, of course, was cut for time. But I don't feel that the extra scenes that explain more about the Iron Giant's background messed with the pacing at all. So I don't know why the film editor made that decision, but I would go watch the Brad Bird's cut of it. Okay, so do please, please do that. <laughs> it's such a great story, and I'm going to ruin, I'm going to take the whole thing apart for you right now. So that's why I'm like, just go watch it before you listen to this. Okay, so the the theme I wanted to talk about inside of Iron Giant today, I'm not doing a full-on review because, first of all, that would take me, like, several episodes, but uh, I wanted to talk about the theme of innocence, which is very prominent in this film, and not just from one character's perspective, but from two different characters' perspectives. So we have the... Iron Giant, who's innocent because he has some sort of memory loss, uh, which if you watch the director's cut, it explains that better. Otherwise, you're just kind of like, I don't know what happened to this giant robot guy. Uh, and then the innocence also that we see through Hogarth's character, where he... <laughs> Hogarth is like the best. And when I was growing up, uh, one of my really good friends, Sasha, her brother Chad looked like Hogarth, and we always used to call him Hogarth and like make him say lines from the movie. Uh, now he's a pharmacist and he's like a full, you know, he's an adult, so he doesn't look like Hogarth anymore, but he did when we were younger. And thank you, Chad, if you ever listened to this for, um, saying all the different Hogarth lines for us and, uh, yeah, putting up with us, <laughs> but I did make him cookies and I feel like that made up for all of the Hogarth stuff. Uh, so Hogarth is like a little boy and he has this innocence where he doesn't, he thinks that things are really black and white to where uh, he feels that the Iron Giant is 100% good and that there's no way that this Iron Giant character can be bad. But then on the other hand, there's this guy who comes and lives uh, in the same house with Hogarth and his mother, and he obviously is going to be the antagonist of the story um, Kent Mansley, and he works for the government, and he's trying to figure out why all this radar stuff has gone on, and he's trying to get down to the bottom of it, which obviously you know as a viewer 
that the thing that caused all of the raiders and everything to go crazy was the Iron Giant landing on Earth. Um, but Hogarth feels like the Iron Giant's 100% good, and Kent Mansley is 100% bad. And so he has this really innocent view of the world, and the Iron Giant also has this view of the world where he doesn't understand anything that's happening, and he's very gentle, he loves nature, uh, he likes having fun, he loves Hogarth, he will protect Hogarth at any cost. And so there's this question also that comes along as we're w walking through the story and the characters start changing and learning. And the question is, what will I do with this new knowledge now that I've lost innocence? I've lost that innocence. And that's a question that we all have to ask ourselves at some point in life. Right. And so we see that not one, but the two main characters are going through this. And I want to tell you. This is what I would consider master storytelling. Like I said, Brad Bird is definitely a master storyteller. And a master storyteller can leverage the position and experience of each character to reveal the themes, moods, and ideas from different perspectives that can either confirm or contradict these ideas to show them in the light that the storyteller wants. And this is the best way to discuss, via storytelling of course, the complexities of life. And we see that in Iron Giant, which is a movie that is targeted towards children. And of course, children understand the loss of innocence because they're in real time going through it. And one of the things that I loved about the Iron Giant when it came out, uh, I was in middle school. So was I in middle school? No, I was in high school. I take that back. <laughs> I was in high school and I had basically already lost all the innocence. It was gone. Um, but I, I really related to that part of the story because I was like real time going through it, which I think Brad Bird understood. He's like, listen, this, this story is going to be universal. Yes, it's animated and it's uh, set as going, it's targeted toward children. But I think that these themes will touch everyone. Fast forward to now and I'm watching Ted Lasso, like I said, my new favorite show. And uh, he's having, he has Ted Lasso, who's the coach. He has movie night with the team once a week. And uh, when they're out at an away game, he uh, he has them watch the, uh, are, are, they, are they at an away game? I don't remember. But they're watching the Iron Giant. And he tells the assistant coach, he's like, just make sure that you get back in there at this time because there's going to be a room full of grown men sobbing. <laughs> and I was like, yes, because even Ted Lasso understands that these themes are universal and that something that's targeted towards children that's complicated enough to reach children can also reach adults. And so there are a lot of things in this story and there are many nuances, uh, but I want you to understand that what... <laughs> What Brad Bird is doing is he's setting up these different characters that are either aligning with each other or completely contrasting with each other uh, to reveal how complicated life is. But in the end, he gives an answer to that complication. And uh, this is something that you've definitely heard if you've listened to all the episodes of this podcast. It's that you are who you choose to be. And that's what Hogarth says to the Iron Giant at the end. Uh, cue all the grown men sobbing. But that's that's the answer that 
Brad Bird gives to us, the viewers, like, listen, okay? Maybe someone made you to do something else. Like, uh, you know, Hogarth feels like his mom doesn't really understand him fully. And you can see that because she's always like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I think that this is a great depiction of a child-parent relationship because you can see that she's trying so hard, but also that she's overprotective. And you see that from her perspective and you see it from Hogarth's perspective where uh, he thinks everything's in control and she's like, well, and then he ends up getting into a situation where she was right. And <laughs> it, it, it's so good. It's so good. I, I want you to go watch it right now. If you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. Uh, but so you have these characters and you have Kent, who's the antagonist, and he's opposite of the Iron Giant and Hogarth. He's a foil. And a foil is a character that you bring up against another character to magnify the qualities of the other character. Like I said, this is an advanced writing idea, but you can see how it works inside of this story because you notice that Kent thinks that everything is bad and everything is dangerous and there's no chance for redemption in anything that he considers bad. And one of the things he considers bad is Hogarth because Hogarth doesn't trust him. In Hogarth's mind, Kent is the black and the Iron Giant is the white. And so you have these uh, suspicious evil tendencies showing up against uh, Hogarth's innocent assumptions. And it's a foil, but not just for Hogarth, because Kent also represents the evil things that we can choose because we're acting out of fear instead of out of information. And that is a foil for the Iron Giant, who doesn't have all the information, but he still realizes that he can make a choice based on what he's seen and also based on what Hogarth tells him, that you can choose who you want to be. And it's just, it's masterful storytelling. This idea that, okay, yes, maybe things are not black and white. Maybe there are things that, if I'm being honest, you know, as an adult, as someone who's approaching my midlife, I won't say crisis because I'm not having one, uh, but I, I know that everything is in variations of gray. I know there's no black and white. As far as my human existence right now and all the humans around me, okay? That's what I believe. But, you know, as we see Hogarth changing and losing his innocence, and we see the Iron Giant changing and losing his innocence, and we see Kent realizing that it's not so black and white, all of the characters are ultimately coming to the same conclusion, and that is an anti-Calvinist conclusion. No, I'm just kidding. I won't bring Christian theology into this. Uh, but they're, they, you know, they're realizing that they have a choice. And that was a Calvinist joke because, you know, do you have a choice? Are you part of the elect? No, I'm, I'm not going to do <laughs> But, you know, uh, so I, li I like thinking about these things, obviously, like, it j does every person have a choice? And I believe the answer is yes. And that's what this movie shows us. And as we see all the characters' perspectives shift to be more balanced, coming from the dark side or the light side of the Force. No, I'm kidding. Not Star Wars. Uh, we see the loss of innocence and the s exchange of information and the choices that are made and it's so good you guys <laughs> didn't I say that you should go watch it these are really interesting ways of telling stories to employ these complicated ideas in the effort to communicate that 
ultimately the the message of the story is that there's always hope. That's that's the message I take away from it. And so, yes, we will all lose our innocence at some point, but we still get to choose, and that's complicated. And so you can set up the position and experience of each character, like Brad Bird did with Hogarth and the Iron Giant and also Kent, and you see their different perspectives, and they can either confirm or contradict these ideas and to get to the conclusion that you, that the storyteller wants the viewer, the reader, whatever, the uh, consumer of the story to get to in order to make, I think in this, uh, in this film's case, in order to create a sense of hopefulness. And that's what we see in Ted Lasso, right, when they're all watching it and they're crying. And I'm not going to tell you why they're crying because you should go watch the movie if you don't know. Um but, you know, it's the kind of story, it's the, it's the nuanced type of storytelling that can touch a person of any age. And to me, that's what Ted Lasso uh, points out. I still need to do my review of Ted Lasso. Like, they mention A Wrinkle in Time, they talk about the Iron Giant. Like, every time I was just like, they talk about Bismarck. Yeah, I was just getting so excited. I'm like, I feel like the show was made just for me, even though I know it wasn't. Uh, and plus, I don't know anything about football. So, uh, like, for a show that's about football to draw me in that hard and to make me cry literally every single episode and to make me laugh every single episode, that is expert-level storytelling. That's storytelling mastery. And that's what we're working toward. And that's why I'm bringing these things up to you. So if you have a favorite film where you're like, Kristen, I I want you to break down the themes or uh, the foils the way the characters are interacting with each other to give the ultimate message at the end. Yeah, go on expensivewords.com, click on email the host, and email me the film, book, whatever, cartoon, anime, manga, whatever you want me to experience. I can go read that or experience it and break it down for you. Uh, I, I can't do that all the time, but send it to me. I'll do my best to get through the list of things you want me to take apart story-wise. And as this podcast progresses, we're going to get into more and more difficult ways to create complicated uh, slash impactful storytelling. So that's why I wanted to talk about that today, the loss of innocence as a theme in The Iron Giant in two of the main characters and how those characters feed off of each other Uh, obviously I didn't talk too much about the story in depth, but I will at some point, and I'll probably do a a mini series about it, but I want to say I'm really excited for the next series that we're getting started on this podcast. It's going to be called Self-Empathy for Writers, and I'm going to walk you through the emotional education that I didn't get until I was in my late 20s that has completely transformed not just my writing life, but everything in my life. And I know it's going to make a big difference to you. So I'm excited to start that in the next episode. And remember, it is never too late to write the story of your heart. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram 
at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. <laughs>